Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, Dan shares his path from the strategy group at Accenture to M&A strategy at Deloitte and how he positioned himself to work with private equity clients. We learn what he does day to day and how his responsibilities have shifted now that he is working within a private equity fund to help their portfolio companies drive growth. Enjoy. Dan, welcome to the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Awesome. Hey, Patrick. Very nice to meet you. How are you doing? Great. Uh, so I'd love it if you could just give the listeners a short summary of your bio. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Daniel, I'm currently an associate at a middle market, lower middle market private equity firm on the portfolio support team. Uh, my role is really driving all things post-deal for our portfolio companies. So, you know, starts the portfolio company onboarding, getting our reporting package set up, aligning on key KPIs and metrics on how we're going to measure the business as we grow it. Um, in addition to that, support a variety of growth strategy and operational improvement engagements um, across our buyout fund, our middle market fund, excuse me, our buyout fund, our growth equity fund, as well as our small cap fund. Um, and prior to that, spent two years um, at a big four consulting firm. And then prior to that, was at another uh, top five, top seven um, strategy consulting firm, um, both times supporting uh, financial sponsors as well as strategic investors on a variety of engagements Everything from, you know, commercial investment due diligence to growth strategy, international expansion, um, to operational improvement, cost takeout, um, as well as PMO engagements. Very cool. I'm excited about this one because we've had a lot of guests that are, you know, in private equity on the actual investment side, but not so many guests on the actual strategy slash kind of portfolio support side or operations side. So let's go all the way back just for your story. Let's start, let's start an undergrad. Did you always know finance kind of was or strategy or consulting was kind of on the radar or when did that uh, kind of come on the radar? Was it freshman year, sophomore year, were you like pre-med like me and then switched or what was the, what was the, the progression of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, knew I wanted to get into consulting, didn't really know a lot about investment banking or private equity. Um, and about my junior year um, was interning, was looking for a kind of a fall internship, um, summer, or excuse me, senior year was going to be kind of light. So I wanted to kind of identify something to kind of use, use my time. Um, and actually had the privilege to intern with Aries Management um, on the tra transformation team. And, you know, to be honest with you, that was kind of my first experience in private equity. Honestly, didn't know what it was before looking up Aries. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, got there and just fell in love with the business model of getting to grow, scale, and optimize businesses. And frankly, knew that was what I wanted uh, to do long-term. That was junior year? Uh, that was fall of senior year. Oh, so pretty late. So what, did, what were you doing in the summer, like your sophomore year and your junior year? 
Yeah, uh, so sophomore, junior year, had consulting internships um, at large consulting firms, and uh, that was kind of the path that I was going to take uh, post-graduation. So you kind of knew, it sounds like you knew pretty early on, like you're like, okay, consulting's what I'm doing, but then you kind of got a little exposed to private equity. Um, very cool. And so like that summer, let's talk about that summer internship with Aries. Was it ever expected to like be a- I'm sorry, that was a fall internship. Sorry, a fall internship. Yeah, was it ever expected to be like become a full-time offer or you just thought, hey, this is interesting. And did you did you have internships throughout the year, like throughout your college career? No, so I, you know, typically do not have a, have a kind of semester in, internship normally. Mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, senior year had a little lighter course load. So wanted to kind of identify, um, you know, get a little head start on work experience, frankly. Uh, which is why, you know, I kind of took the path to get that internship. You're a go-getter. Yeah. <laughs> so you, did you have a full-time offer after your junior summer? Yeah. So I had a full-time offer, um, joined Accenture right after graduation. Nice. Nice. Okay. So you're going in there, you're at a great firm. You're thinking to yourself, um, this, you know, consulting or strategy is going to be interesting. Um, and you get to work with sponsors right away. Tell me what that work was like. Um, was the learning curve super steeper because you had done an internship also? You know, the previous two years was it did it feel like you fit right in or I'd, I'd love to just hear about that yeah absolutely um you know i was that guy when i joined accenture day one had already looked up everyone who worked on private equity engagements you know got my laptop i think day two of orientation and was busy looking them up on kind of the talent on demand portal kind of accenture's internal uh, portal and just busy reaching out to every one of them saying hi i'm daniel brand new to the firm um really looking to get staff you know worked in private private equity equity, really enjoy the work. And, you know, that's what I wanted to do long-term. Um, and the next week I was on a plane to Minneapolis uh, to work on a cost takeout project for a large European sponsor who had bought um, a variety of consumer goods businesses um, in the U.S. So it worked, that initial outreach right away. That Do you feel like that was because you kind of, kind of lean on that Aries internship, or do you feel like it was just, just simply because you put your hand up early um, that, that got you that? Yeah. So I think it's both. Um, I think you know, it definitely was the internship learning, um, you know, basic Excel, you know, nothing kind of super complex that, you know, I do now, but, you know, in learning to index match versus VLOOKUP, I thought, you know, it was really a good way to kind of separate myself from the kind of the, the, the rest of the group. You know, most people understand how to VLOOKUP, fewer people at the entry level know how to index match. Um, so, you know, being able to kind of talk the talk with the senior manager, I think definitely gave me a leg up uh, from the Accenture, from the Aries side. And then, just from the pure kind of personal soft skill side, I think just putting your hand up, being aggressive and telling people, you know, this is what you want to do. This is your experience. Um, you know, also gave them, gave them a leg up, kind of just showing that an initiative. Did you feel like there, it might be taken the wrong way? Like, oh, he's trying to eventually get to private equity. Did you fear that at all? Or you just said, hey, this is, you knew there was enough engagements at the firm in sponsors that it would, even if you put your hand up, it would be okay kind of thing. So I'd say, you know, I kind of left the sponsor side a little to the back burner, you know, did definitely emphasize my sponsor experience, but also kind of emphasized uh, my Excel skills, the cost takeout engagement experience, and mm. really could advocate kind of why I was interested in those roles and kind of where the, the value that I can provide. It's funny you mentioned index match versus VLOOKUP, but that's, that's a little plug here that's in our Excel modeling course. Uh, for, WC, for, for the listeners here who want to get sharp on Excel, we have plenty of detail, not an actual... Uh, we actually benchmark different exercises to make sure you're fast enough like Daniel here. <laughs> Honestly, I actually think um, index match is actually easier to learn than, than be looked up. Yeah. Oh, well, it, it depends. It, index and match itself are not powerful, but together they're pretty powerful, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so let's talk about um, 
just that, you know, you were there for a couple of years. How was the progression? Um, you know, it sounds like you were immediately put on, you were immediately, you know, what do they call it? You were on the beach and then you weren't like very, yeah, fat, right? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> very fat. You didn't have much time on the beach. And then, so you basically, um, you're in Minneapolis for how, how long was that initial engagement? What was it like? Were you immediately kind of, uh, being, was, was like, were your skills being leveraged right away or was it more like you were on the sidelines initially? Uh, no, absolutely. So, you know, thrown in, uh, kind of right away, you know, flew in Sunday night, uh, mon mo Monday morning, we were all, all the client site and just, you know, just frankly kind of thrown into to the gauntlet right away. So I think, you know, having that past strong internship experience was really helpful to understand how to format Excels, how to format PowerPoints, how to, you know, work consistently and, dil and diligently, um, kind of really helped, but you know, I mean, it's consulting, you know, you kind of, I'm sure it's very so much investment making you're kind of thrown in on day one. Yeah, and so you were working what like 12 14 hour days you think on or you were with the client for like the eight hour day and then having to go work for four or five more hours kind of thing or what was it like yeah definitely um you know i mean the hours are consulting hours some are better than others you know your some days are eight hours some days are 10 hours some days are 12 hours um you know, it just kind of depends on kind of what's due and kind of the project timeline and then you'd fly back on thursdays yeah exactly thursday friday kind of you know sponsors require a little more a little longer hours. So you're typically doing Sunday to Friday versus, you know, Monday to Thursday. Was the goal, did you have this vision of your career path, like eventually going to work at a portfolio fund for a while in, in the operations group? Was that the thought or was it, did you want to eventually be a, an investor? I'd say initially I wanted to be an investor, mm -hmm. but just more over time, um, you know, realized that I wanted to kind of focus more on operations mm -hmm. um, really just because, you know, one it's for me, it was really passionate about getting to grow skill and optimize the business and a little less into looking at capital structure um, and kind of PMOing the legal diligence versus market diligence, you know, getting to kind of really get into the weeds of the business was kind of what I was passionate about. Like unit economics, building out all that stuff and like you know, the, the complex revenue builds. Is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm um, kind of getting into a little more nitty gritty of the details and really build, grow and scale the business um, versus kind of looking at the financials was kind of a little more. I think there's a course we could do together at some point. I got to, I should talk to you offline, but I'm sure your, your modeling skills are amazing, but something around portfolio type where I mean, maybe it's not, maybe each, each client or each project is so different that it's impossible to kind of standardize anything, but there's probably something there. Anyways, yeah, no, that's for, for I mean, another discussion. Every, every, <laughs> every sponsor looks the same five, five things, right? So yeah, yeah. You definitely kind of get that at a high level, I think. Cool. Yeah. So you're, so you're there for a couple of years and you're um, put on a bunch of projects. What was the kind of impetus for starting to look for another role at another firm? When did you feel like, okay, this is a good time to move? Or was it something that just like a recruiter approached you? I'd love to hear about that transition and then how you actually interviewed for it. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the partners I worked with Accenture um, had actually moved on to Deloitte. Mm -hmm. uh, part of the Canadian practice. And he, um, you know, he had kind of really done sponsor pre-deal work. Uh, so we kind of stayed in touch over time, worked occasionally together. And when he left, um, you know, I kind of reached out to him and just mentioned that, you know, I'd be kind of looking at some other opportunities. And he had mentioned that the U.S. firm is really looking to grow their private equity business. I thought it could be a great opportunity to kind of continue to leverage those skills as well as, um, you know, just focus on private equity a little bit more. You know, Accenture just being so large, in my opinion, it seemed like they really wanted to focus more on, you know, large global M&A integration transactions, such as, you know, a Qualcomm NXP or, you know, any of those mega mergers where you're going to have billable integration work for, you know, a year plus Got and it. less on that kind of pre-deal real, real strategy work that's, you know, four to six weeks in and out. 
so pre-deal strategy work that, uh, for example, pre-deal, like let's say some, let's say a private equity firm has a, I'm just trying to understand where you guys come in and where you leave. So let's say a private equity fund has a deal under LOI. Is that where you'd come in? Like, or like they're, they're just in their diligence stream process. You'd be brought in to kind of what analyze what is, it's not quality of earnings or is that it? No. So I'd say no. it's typically pre-LOI. We're kind of helping them submit okay. their LOI bid. Got so it. on one side, if it's commercial due diligence, that's market due diligence. Mm-hmm. So everything from market sizing, uh, customer supplier segmentation, really looking at the competitive landscape, you know, how is this business different, different from their competitors? Um, and then some value creation leverage, you know, what are some opportunities to grow this business post-investment on the commercial market side? And then on the operational side, you know, that's kind of in line with the Q of E being done. Uh, then we'll kind of help them understand specifically for a carve out is oftentimes when you're kind of leveraged for operational due diligence, mm-hmm. figuring out, you know, what is the run rate cost um, and one-time cost associated with setting up this business? Yeah. You know, frankly, oftentimes the seller will maybe understate EBITDA uh, to make the business look a little more profitable. So our job is really to come in and look at, you know, this is your carve out financials based upon our benchmarking and external analysis. This is what it's going to take to actually run this business, but from a headcount perspective, as well as an operations perspective, and then kind of what is that going to cost uh, overall to really kind of get them to you're a saying, normalized You're EBITDA. saying the seller will understate, understate their EBITDA? Excuse me, they'll overstate Overstate EBITDA. it, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was sorry. Like, okay. Under, under, sorry, they will understate costs. They'll understate costs. And then you go in and you're like, actually, you got to do this X, Y, yeah, Z. You're going to need, you know, two FTEs. You're going to actually have to unload a new ERP. And that's going to cost you yeah. selection and consulting fees and then in, in, integration fees. Yeah, and so that you're, you're often hired by a potential private equity sponsor to Correct. purchase, to help them with that negotiation sort of, right? Um, in yeah, terms of the analysis and then potentially negotiations. Yeah, sides. although I got to say with, with uh, where the multiples are, they're probably looking at your advice and saying, sorry, but we had to bid, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 25 times EBITDA anyways, yeah. or whatever. That's a little exaggeration, but you know, 15 times to 20 Yeah, times. what is like, the average multiple is what, like 13x last time yeah, I checked? Yeah, it's, it's very high. Um, okay, so you're, you're there for, you're, you're at Accenture, you're doing some interesting work, it sounds like, but you're, it's, it's, again, the focus isn't necessarily on private equity, the private equity practice. You're thinking, I'd love to be somewhere where they're really, focus and driven on that practice. So you end up kind of started looking, what, what were you, what else were you interviewing for or how you just started the process when you talked to your former boss? Yeah. So I interviewed at a few private equity firms on the operations side, mm-hmm. you know, as um, you know, I'm sure you're aware on the operations side, junior roles, they're really far and few between, you know, yeah, that, I, that was going to be my Vista question. Has, has a massive team. KKR caps has a massive team, but you know, outside of those kind of two firms, there's not very many junior op- operator roles. So, um, you know, I was reaching out, networking with, with as many people as I could, uh, reaching out to headhunters, et cetera. Um, so we're just kind of casting a wide net. So Accenture alum, um, just cold reaching out to people on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. uh, head, headhunters, et cetera. So really just kind of casting a, a, a wide net. Were you always like one of these like serial networkers? Were you, have you always been good at it? Or do you feel like it took a while to get better at it? Like were you to get those internships, like we didn't even go into this, but in undergrad even. How did you land those? So I think um, un- in undergrad, I didn't really understand the networking th- thing as much until uh, my really best friend now um, introduced me to investment banking my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, you just kind of reach out to people on LinkedIn, tell them you're interested in investment banking, give them some kind of bullets on your experience and ask them to set up time, time to chat. And, you know, it's super weird at first. But once you do it, you know, you realize that everyone's doing it. So you need to do it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the people are just really willing to help and always happy to hop on the phone and chat with you. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, once I kind of understood that it was acceptable and it was normal and, you know, people are willing to help you, um, yeah. I just kind of re- realized, you know, why not? You know, I'm the kind of person, if I'd applied a new job, I'm going to go find out um, who it's reporting to and then email that person directly and just kind of voice, voice my experience and tell them I'm really excited about, excited about the role. Yeah, it's great. I think there's a lot of a mental block for, for kids that are in college uh, around the networking thing, thinking that nobody's, why would they want to help me? And I can't, I can't offer them anything. And it's just, it's, it's because the professionals actually feel good about helping. It's one of the bright spots of their day sometimes <laughs> when they're, you know, they feel like they can see something, see themselves in you. Um, yeah. So it's, so don't feel bad about reaching out. Sometimes it's a nice break for these professionals to chat with a kid for 10, 20 minutes. So yeah, um, absolutely. And I think just building upon that, you know, don't get discouraged if someone is rude or doesn't respond, you know, people just have bad days, people are busy, et cetera. Oh yeah. And the response rate. Beer, if you get, if you get a, yeah, if you get a five to ten percent response rate, you're doing it right. Yeah, on the, on the cold emails. So okay, so you're kind of you had started interviewing a little bit at some there's few and far between kind of roles. Were you working with recruiters? I mean, yeah, this operations type, like you said, junior roles are super rare, um, and then probably probably doesn't even exist for middle market funds primarily. So tell me a little bit of how you kind of went about it and how you even knew about this type of role. So are we talking about now? We're talking about portfolio. Delight like, to a, yeah. Delight to my current role. No, you had said initially that you were like interviewing for private equity operations. How did you even know to interview for that? Yeah, so I'd say a few head headhunters, a few cold cold reach outs were were a fruitful kind of a, a mix of both those things. Okay. Okay. And then, so did you get an offer and not take it, or did you, were you kind of final? I round? unfortunately did not get an offer. Yeah, spoke to a few firms. Um, and, and yeah, and or do they typically company. hire strategy consultants? Yeah, I'd say most of their, most of their um, hires were either strategy consultants mm-hmm. or oftentimes, um, you know, individuals who just had some really unique industry experience, Got you it. know, potentially worked with a vendor that then the PE firm decided that they really like to use, such as uh, a vendor like digital marketing, for example, or sales trend transformation. Um, so it's like kind of those are the two avenues that I mainly saw. Very cool. Okay, so yeah, tell me how you ended up at uh, Deloitte. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, interviewed with Deloitte. Um, kind of through that referral from that partner, mm-hmm. uh, really enjoyed the practice, uh, excuse me, really enjoyed the speaking with them, with the partners at the firm, mm-hmm. um, and just got really excited uh, from speaking with the partners and learning that they're really trying to grow their private equity business. So um, new is something that I want to be a part of. Uh, so after two years, Accenture joined Deloitte um, and spent two years there. Um, working on very similar work. So it was part of what they call M&A strategy and due diligence. And in that role supported commercial due diligence, operational due diligence, um, growth strategy engagements, and then as well as did some M&A integration and investiture work as well. It's very cool. And so like you actually made a move as well from SF to New York. Is that right? Um, so I was splitting time between SF and New York, you know, sponsors to place it in New York. So, uh, which is where why. you, where are you from originally? Uh, California. California. Okay. So home is home is California. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So you're, you're there for a few years. Things are progressing. You're on interesting deals. Sounds like you guys had enough business. So you weren't on the beach too much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're like, never, <laughs> never. <laughs> you're working very hard. Um, so tell me a little bit about the transition, um, um, to, uh, to an actual private equity or portfolio support type role. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the recruiters I've been working with, um, in the kind of spring summer of 2020, um, had kind of reached out, mentioned he had a role at a lower middle market, middle market firm, um, 
uh, who's growing their portfolio support team. Um, currently, it was two vice presidents. They're looking to bring on an associate. Mm-hmm. Um, so interviewed with the firm, um, and you know, just it was just a really good fit. Um, really connected well with the partners, connected well with my boss, uh, the vice president, and just thought it'd be a really good role um, to really get to really drive um, some of the skills I had learned at Accenture at Deloitte um, into my current role. So it's similar type of work. It's just now you're doing it for a portfolio, you're, a, a private equity fund rather than a, a consulting firm. As a, yeah, as a client. The, yeah, it's a little different in the sense of, you know, we are three, three people across 35 portfolio companies. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes we're more project managing and helping drive the value versus actually doing the work in the sense of, you know, we'll hire a third party or consulting firm to do some of the work, whether it's an ERP cutover or um, a digital transformation related to branding, for example. Mm. You know, we'll hire an external party, and then our role is really partnering with the management team, the deal team, and the third party to kind of make sure it's successful. You give me an example of like, so you gave me a few there, but I think it's interesting to people to hear like the, a little bit of the day-to-day in terms of like, so a certain, like a branding, for example, a project. So you're almost like a PM, you're managing a lot more. Correct. Um, rather than like, you're not necessarily in Excel, doing all of the revenue bills, but like you're managing the consultants, you're reviewing work. Is that correct? Is that a way I can think of it? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think we're definitely doing a decent amount of Excel, you know, um, internally, but yeah. you know, oftentimes engagements, we're definitely leveraging third parties to kind of use their in- intellectual horsepower and just their, their manpower to really drive value. Is the fund ever bringing you on to look at new potential um, trans or new portfolio companies that they're looking at adding, or is it mostly all just, Hey, you guys just focus purely on the on the port codes help them. So I'd say you know it definitely differs fund to fund. Um, in my fund, you know, we're a little less focused on on kind of pre deal or kind of pre investment work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for example, you know, we were looking at a business where my boss had previously been employed in a similar industry. Mm-hmm. So he was you know jumping in and supporting sim review and helping them think through the, the diligence questionnaire and things like that. But um, just from a time value perspective, you know, it's kind of the deal team is really focused on driving driving new new deals and we're just really focused on onboarding and the creation and kind of post investment. So I mean it sounds like you know for your role the stuff you learned in consulting it's it's translated really well over to what you're doing now. Besides the modeling, what are the other like key skills that people could kind of look to build um, to make themselves successful? Like is it something where you just need the reps to like understand strategy better or is there things they can study? Any suggestions? Yeah. Let's say PM, just project management is super important, being really yeah. organized, um, you know, holding these third parties ac- ac- accountable. You know, where you can really drive value is just taking any weight off the deal team's hands. You know, things that they just don't have to get their feet in and they can just kind of get the updates on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really kind of project management being organized. Um, I'd say, I think what's underappreciated is just the level of finance knowledge. You know, I don't, you know, really model cash flows very often. But, you know, understanding how cash flow works, understanding the impacts of CapEx, working capital and things like that, I think are really important just because the deal team, you know, it's what they live in and breathe. Mm-hmm. And they sometimes don't, they sometimes forget that, you know, other individuals in the organization aren't always, you know, living and breathing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just really important, if possible, to kind of get some reps and understand that stuff at a more detailed level. So that when they ask you to jump in or, you know, mention something looks off in CapEx, you kind of know what they're talking about. Um, I think that's two. Um, I think three, just any unique kind of functional expertise you can bring, whether it's sales transformation or, you know, cost takeout or pricing. Can we talk strategy. a little bit of that. So what do you mean by sales yeah. transformation? Like you give me an example, because I 
I'm not a consultant and a lot of yeah, my listeners probably aren't. There's yeah. a number of <laughs> sales transformation means so many different things. Yeah. Yeah. Can um, you give yeah, me an example? So, yeah. So for example, you know, Salesforce effectiveness, what does that mean? How did you measure your Salesforce? You know, for for example, I was working with one of our portfolio companies the other day to help better track and manage their Salesforce. So we put around KPIs and metrics around, um, you know, what does your sales funnel look like? So what are leads? What are kind of the next level in your sales funnel? What are, you know, closed engagements? Um, and then, you know, from that perspective, so what are the different buckets within your sales funnel? Where are they today? How does that compare to last year? Um, and then looking at it from also a sales individual perspective, you know, looking at your entire sales force, looking at, you know, what is their average um, revenue per a closed, per a closed um, transaction? Mm -hmm. um, and really looking at, you know, how does that compare to last year? How does that compare to year to date? From putting some analytics around the around the sales funnel to so better to be able to better be able to track and manage it, so that we can potentially you know forecast revenue based upon the sales funnel. Um, forward. Very cool. And do you, so you would be helping kind of manage the consultants that would help put in those analytics, or you would help actually build the analytics? And, and you would like do you have enough skills to actually do that? And are they using something like a Salesforce CRM or what typically, or it could be anything? Yeah. So for in this particular example, when we're just typically building analytics around measuring the Salesforce. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something we'll kind of do in, in internally. Yeah. Um, our management team uses um, Salesforce. Mm -hmm. So then I'm kind of exporting their Salesforce data and putting it into Excel to be able just to kind of run some an analytics. Yep. And then using those analytics in a dashboard to use during our monthly financial re review calls mm -hmm. to review the kind of key KPIs and metrics around the business. And then so you'd be able to kind of monthly just pull down that, ex that Excel, place it into an input sheet, and, and then your Excel will spit out some sort of dashboard that will give kind of updates. Yeah, trends. exactly. So every, every month our, um, our company sends us the kind of the raw data, yeah. and then I've kind of built a dashboard. So I'll just kind Is that of like Power BI? Is that, is that what you're using? Or what do you so that's a best in class. And that's what we want to eventually get to as Power BI. Yeah. Um, currently, we're just using Excel. Okay. That's probably what I would do too, because I don't know how to use Power BI, even though yeah, we have a course. Really <laughs> I should. I should. We have a course on that. I should take it. Um, maybe build it for WSL. We need, we yeah. need more <laughs> analytics. We use Tableau a lot. So. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. So you're you're doing all this stuff. Any Anything else, um, like on the strategy side, I guess it's just reading and just understanding industries and how to look at industries and break them down um yeah i mean i think you know doing maybe like two to three commercial due diligences just to understand how do you segment a market how do you get to real you know tam or what is a truly addressable market how do you think what are some things that a pe firm looks for so for example reoccurring revenue mm -hmm. uh, versus non-reoccurring revenue um what is the use split um, things like that to understand gross margin very cool so yeah, I mean, thank you for sharing your story. Is there anything else you'd want to share before we call any final words of wisdom for the listeners in terms of how to follow in your footsteps? Because I think there's there's a lot of people looking to get to the investing role, but not as many people even know about portfolio support. And I think it can be a great option for uh, management consultants specifically who actually enjoy the work, but they, they're looking to get a little closer to the investment side. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I think this role is growing more and more. Mm -hmm. um, you know, more and more funds are growing by creation roles. And, you know, oftentimes they have operating partners or the director SVP level, and they're slowly building their teams out down. Let's say a few things, you know, one, I think just reaching out to as many people as possible, just net networking. Um, you know, these roles aren't, are kind of more few and far between. So by having connections with individuals, you know, you're kind of top of mind to them. 
if a role were to come up. I think that's one. I think two, um, you know, just getting a broad set of experience. Uh, you know, even if the role isn't supporting a private equity firm, you know, we do own companies. We don't own private equity firms. So just getting any kind of strategic experience that you can get on any number of engagements, you know, even IT integration or um, IT cutovers, you know, we're constantly thinking about companies have an ERP or we've bought four companies and four different ERPs. You know, we're going to need to integrate we'll, we'll integrate one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, just finding ways like that to really differentiate your skill set. Um, this is super important. And ERP is just like enterprise software type thing. What does it stand for? ERP? Enterprise resource planning, just enterprise software. But enterprise think, software, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, at the highest level, you know, you have four companies using different softwares. Yeah. You're going to need, you're gonna need to onboard them to one software. Yeah. Oh, what a nightmare. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So great. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate all that. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and um, yeah, best of luck to you and in, in all the, uh, in your future path. Sounds like you're, you're in the right direction. Perfect. Thanks, Patrick. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, Patrick at WallStreetOasis.com. Until next time.